Well, in a world that constrains movement, maybe it's in music that we can find our freedom. And a big thank you to the musicians of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra for playing in this edition of Changemakers. It's an episode that I'm sure will revel in creative inspiration and releasing the power of imagination. And to do just that, it's my pleasure to welcome the RPO, its second violinist and director, Charlotte Ansbergs, and double bassist and chair, Ben Cunningham. So if, as the saying goes, music is the food of life, let's play on. It's great pleasure to welcome you, Ben and Charlotte. You know, I, Philharmonic roughly translates as music lover. Pick up the story from there. Um, hi, Michael. It's great to be with you. Um, I, I kind of always think that music lovers and, and certainly us as musicians, we're kind of dragon chasers. Um, we, often we have some kind of experience with this incredible thing that is music early on. Um, and it's exhilarating. It's exciting. It's moving. It's, um, it, it's all these different emotions. And, and that kind of stays with us um, throughout our lives. And, and you keep chasing after those feelings that you first encounter when you encounter this incredible incredible thing that we call music. I mean, Mahler, Mahler uh, the composer, Austrian composer of the 1800s, um, late 1800s, he said, you know, music should be like the world, it should embrace everything. The symphony should be like the world, it should embrace anything. Now, Mahler was mental and his music is mental. And um, like I say, you know, we, we, we experience this thing and we, we encounter it and, and we chase after it all of our lives. It stays mm. with us. I mean, Charlotte, we, we've had this conversation before. I mean, you, you, you know, when you, when you, you hear hear of a composer like Marley, you think of this sort of august figure, a sort of museum piece, but so many of, of, of those sort of classical composers, they were the, the rock star generation of their time. They were the rule breakers, the change makers, the rebels. I mean, is, is that what drew you in in the first place? I think for me, music was always in my life from having an older sister who was learning the cello and the piano from as early as I can remember. And for me, learning the violin and the piano as well, it was so tied up with music that I never really questioned my love of music. It was just a part of who I was. I think for me that just has, it, it, it's just been a constant, um, a constant narrative throughout my life of just having music there. Mm. Um, and not even questioning how much I love it. I mean, you're, you're obviously both musicians at the top of their game. You're playing in a world-famous orchestra. I mean, how early on in both of your lives did you, did you get the sense that perhaps you were heading into something which is an extraordinary experience and one that not a lot of people actually even have the opportunity to, to pursue? I mean, how, how early on in your lives was that? I, I was certainly a bit later than most people. I think I I uh, I, um, I started playing the piano when I was very young. Loved it. Um, uh, I pinged around thinking I was going to be all sorts, from a lawyer to a veterinary surgeon to um, I kind of flirted with West End singing for a while when I was in my early teens, which is slightly embarrassing to look back on. Um, but you know, I got to about my mid-teens, and um, uh, a friend introduced me to uh, a music school in Manchester, um, and uh, I. I, I, I got into there and, and that started my journey towards this, this very kind of narrow niche that, we're, we, that we live in, really. Mm. I mean, you know, the, I mean, you, you talked about, Charlotte, the sort of, well, actually, I'm very interested in, in, how, in how young you were, actually. I was going to go on to something else, but do, do tell us how, when, when it first sort of dawned on you. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I would say I remember very clearly um, realizing how important the violin was to me. I would say I was about 12, but I started when I was three um, 
as I said, because of having an older sister and I, I desperately wanted to learn a musical instrument myself. Um, but I can vividly remember um, my string quartet from the Royal College junior department was invited to play for the Cambridge String Quartet Symposium. And it was a long weekend of masterclasses with Ephra Neiman, uh, Lefant Chilingirian, um, and uh, I'm trying to remember the third person. I suppose it must have been Philip de Groot, the cellist, um, from the Chilingirian. And it was just an incredible weekend. And coming back to the school gates after that I thought I, I don't really want to go back to school I just want to play my violin and um, okay. you know it, it was just such a gripping um musical culmination up till then of, of all of my learning um yeah, see, that, that's, that's a very that's, that's vivid memory. That's, that's the meeting the dragon. I have to say, Charlotte was um, um, in, in our teenage years because we're about the same age. Charlotte was a bit of a celebrity because she led the National Youth Orchestra. Um, so everybody knew who Charlotte was in the museum. <laughs> Charlotte, we've got, we've got, I mean, we're not worthy. I mean, <laughs> it strikes me, Charlotte, just, just, just to pick up on what you were just saying there, is that, you know, there's, there's that saying that, where words fail, music speaks. I mean, it feels like there's something just like so deep in the veins with you about music. I mean, it, it almost like it, it's always hard to explain its, its effect on you and its relationship with you. Yes, I, I actually, I find it very hard to articulate, as I'm sure you can tell. It, um, my grandmother was often, um, she was a great one for singing. And I will often, I mean, whenever we play musicals, concerts, um, it's wonderful hearing about Ben, um, and his brief foray into West End oh, singing don't, because don't I, mention it again, I, I mean, we're, we're going to ask, we're going to ask um, you to give us a few bars in a minute. Oh, please don't, please don't. I, um, I find it wonderful to sing along in rehearsals um, because singing is such a huge part of my life as well. Um, mm. I mean, I, I, it's the one thing I miss most from my school days. Is um, I was in the chamber choir and all the choirs going, and I miss singing in choirs such a lot. In terms of the role of of music in terms of its, especially the live experience. It strikes me that it unites, it brings people together with a shared experience in a way possibly unlike anything else. I mean, do you get a sense of the role of, of music um, in a world that, that does feel so disunited, so apart through social challenges, health challenges. I mean, how do you see the role of music beyond mere entertainment? I, I mean, I think it's, it, it is the great connector. I mean, it's a time machine. It's a, uh, a teleportation device. You know, through music, you can, you can end up in um, a Vienna in 1879. Through music, you can end up in a, a, a shack in, um, uh, in Sao Paulo dancing samba. Um, you know, music is this incredible uh, vehicle um, and, and it, it takes, you, takes you to many places. And um, I, I, that moment when you're, when you're at a live event and you're with however many people, whether it's, it's, it's an audience of five or an audience of 5,000 or 50,000, that, that moment of communion where you travel together and you travel and you, 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 you put your hands out and you put your hand out to Brahms or you put your hand out to, um, as you say, Mancini or Mahler and, and he takes your hand and he, he, he reveals his world to you. And, and, and you know, there, there's no... Um, 
um, there's no other way you can time travel like that. You can't taste what people tasted in 1870. You can't smell what people smelled. You can't um, see what people saw and, uh, outside of art or sculpture and the, the other arts. Um, mm. But you can, you can hear what these people heard and, and that's magical. Charlotte, I can see you're, you're, yes. you're nodding your head. I'm, t- t- I'm nodding me. along. I mean, I, I spent, it's, it's, it's amazing how that ties up with reading for me because um, I, uh, you could probably tell from my choices on my list that I love historical. Um, mm. and, the, and these are the lists, just to say, that are available on the Change Maker podcast with this edition. So we'll be back to your reading list shortly. Charlotte, come to you. Absolutely. Um, but it, it's something about um, Ben talking about time traveling and being able to, in effect, be where people were hearing those sounds and that very music is an incredible thing. We spend a lot of time thinking about how, you know, how these, there's a, a great movement of period informed playing where we, we, there's um, scholarly reams written on it and you can talk for hours over um, which trill starts where or, or what tuning system you use. But it, it, it's basically a, a, a feat of trying to understand these people and trying to understand their world and trying to more accurately represent what it was that they heard. Right. But, but I suppose as well as the past, there is, there is the future. I mean, pretty much any, any film score. I mean, and actually, you know, from, from Bond to battle stations on video games. I mean, you know, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra is involved in all of that kind of things. I mean, to, to what degree do you see this as about, I, I guess, a, a skill, an art form of the future, as well as recreating that past story? I, th- I, th- I mean, I think often uh, we as musicians um, are, are reticent to talk about just how embedded in the warp and weft of, of life we are. Our music has um, uh, soundtracked every single movie kiss you've seen. It's on every, um, it's on every advert. It's on every TV um, program you might watch. It's, you know, um, I've put in my, you, you asked me what I was uh, watching and I, I said about succession. And you, you, you think about the way that music interweaves itself and, and kind of sinisterly in sinisterly is that a word you know it inserts itself um in a really insidious way into these kind of really tense situations mm. and and the music just um it, it 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 illuminates and it expands and it um you know it is part of part of everybody's um lives every single day part of every art yes. form. it's great yes Charlotte. and i think yeah. then it, it because of that it means that you can even take a memory of music and have it with you um, as you go forward in life. And it, it will always be there with you. Um, and it's wonderful when it, it ties up with um, new music and it, it can sort of, um, it can ring in your mind with the memory of music you've already heard. Um, so you, you can take it forward with you. And it, it, it's a one, it has a wonderful way of tying up the past and, and taking it with you into the future. Mm, I mean, and just to, to, for the pair of you, sort of a couple of film scores we might have, might know um, that you've both been involved with. Um, just a just couple, couple of films that um, come to mind. I can, I can never remember the names of them, shall I? We, <laughs> we did do. I can, I can remember vividly sitting mm. in Air Lindhurst recording. Um, it was, I think, the film with Rachel Weiss about Denial. Oh, yeah, managed to remember it. That was was such an individual film score to record. And we had to um, repeat little motifs and, in effect, do some composing ourselves because we were given some freedom. And I think there were 
maybe about six second violins on those sessions and we all were sort of encouraged to uh, take the initiative ourselves within a, a okay. boundary that we've so been you, given and and so we you were could mix it up. with a with a prompt yes and yeah. it, I'd, I'd never come across that before um and, in a film score recording and, and ben you were mentioning before we started invisible man ant man lots yeah. of sort of i guess blockbusters of today let's let's move on to um, the challenges that orchestras, not, not just the RPO, but I guess all, all orchestras and all those in live entertainment are facing with the current lockdown and obviously the inability for us all to come together. I mean, in terms of that world, um, I, I love, Ben, that you, you described your, your new normal as an anxiety-laced amorphous period interspersed with practice, exercise, food and alcohol. I mean... Now that sounds like sounds like an all right existence. <laughs> but in terms of in terms of that experience that you're living through, because obviously in an orchestra, an orchestra that in effect is a cooperative, where you know you 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 have to almost build a, a business together in terms of you know, I guess sort of gigs to play, venues to visit. How does it really feel when you're living through it, it from that perspective? It's been strange. I mean, it's been strange for everybody. I, I, I always think, an, you know, that um, is that a Swahili phrase, Ubuntu, I am because you are. Um, you know, the, the orchestra is kind of the, 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 the archetype of that. You know, I, I can't do my role in the orchestra without everybody else doing their role. And, and, and I, I am um, enabled to do my role well when everybody else is doing their role well. And I, and I extend that to the audience as well. You know, the audience has the responsibility in a live performance um, for that performance. Um, they create the atmosphere, they are, they are there and they create, we, we all, it's a kind of tripartite thing between the audience, the performer and the composer. And we're all responsible for this kind of communion happening. Um, so for us to kind of be siloed in our places and not able to take part in this, in this thing that we do, um, it's very strange. Mm. It's, it's really strange. I can imagine, Charlotte, how has how's it for you? Uh, similarly, uh, it, it's been, um, I think I said in my answer that it, it, some days it feels a blessing to have more time and I've tried to make the most of it, but I miss our normal life with the orchestra so mm. much. Because um, presumably it's togetherness, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're a big group. How many, how, many, how many musicians are there? 74 members. Currently, currently 74 members, but we, um, we have a, a great team of, of deputies and extras. You know, yes. um, doing a Marla Symphony, you've got yeah. over 100 people on stage. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it can be vast. It can be is, is, that, is it like a family? Yeah, very yes. much so. <laughs> what? With all, the, with all the stereotypes within that. <laughs> you get to know all sorts of wonderful details about everybody. Um, it, it's, it's great. Um, yeah. I really a, miss all of that. Yeah, and there's a similar kind of uh, push and pull as in families, you know, um, every so often somebody needs telling off and mm. there's, you know, a, or, or somebody, you know, everybody's proud of each other and it, it's, it's very, very much a kind of family dynamic. I, I mean, and traditionally you're spending a lot of time together at the RPA. I mean, performing in more than 70 towns and cities just in the UK, but before you do the international work. I mean, so presumably that now everybody's sort of scattered. Um, are you keeping in touch through, do you play together on Zoom and things like that? I mean, how's, how's it working or are you just 
not doing any of that until you meet again. We've been doing some, we've been doing some collaborative work, um, but it, that's not, it's not kind of a, a situation where you play together. There's time lag issues. And um, so we all record separately and then it's kind of edited together, which is a, a, a new and interesting experience in and of itself. Um, we've had um, we've had quizzes. Um, uh, of course, the whole world is doing online quizzes right now. I think, or maybe people have got bored of it now. But we've certainly had some. Charlotte, how, how does an RPA quiz work? Is oh, oh, it's huge fun. Um, we have our allotted time, and we all turn up. And there are some teams. There are some you can play individually. You can join up with a team. Um, and we there's uh, I think three three members have taken charge and read out all the questions and then are they, just, are they musical quizzes or are they uh, they're, they're all to do with the rpa they have been rpa facts and figures <laughs> so far um but yeah that's we, we, we could, i'm sure i'm sure that you'll be able to introduce some, some specialist subjects but i mean you've experienced the sense of togetherness through lockdown through music well there was a wonderful moment michael when we were um recording a second violin video for ve day and our principal second andrew story had taken the trouble to record his line uh, very quickly so that we had the opportunity to play with it and that moment when it the um headphone went in my ear and i was playing with andrew as a duet it was just really special it um yeah it reminded me of how much i miss playing with everybody else was that the first time you had felt that sense of actually being back together the band was back together as it were it was it was a lovely moment yes you know one thing obviously that you're facing as the orchestra is it's about to be your 75th anniversary and of course you know first of all I don't know, but my suspicion is that's that's quite young for such a sort of, you know, celebrated orchestra. And of course, you guys are, are both young. I mean, anybody that thinks that that um, orchestra playing is, is, is for is not for a younger generation. I mean, what, what is your message to the next generation in terms of discovering the same love of music that you guys have? What's the what's the way in? What's the sort of introduction? For me, I come back to singing again. Um I I always it, it's a sort of it's I think it's quite old fashioned now to talk about singing in schools, but I think it makes such a difference if children have the opportunity to discover that they can themselves be a musical instrument and they have the ability to make music just as they are themselves. Um, and I think if you have that you know, whether it's once a week in a school assembly or whatever, you know, whether it's a little um, after-school club or I do feel that um, singing every day at school was wonderful for me. I know it's not for everybody, but if if all children are given the opportunity to do that, I think it will often speak to something inside that, mm. that lets you know whether or not you have a love of music there. Um, and it's completely free as well, because, which I think is so important. Because do you, do you not think, Ben, that sometimes the kind of innate creativity of people becomes almost like, oh, I'm a bit embarrassed about it, I, you know, singing in public, things. I mean, is this about encouragement? I, I think there is an incumbency upon musicians to uh, reach out the hand um, to as many people as possible. I think that there is a, a, a nervousness with people with an art form that they, they feel that they don't understand to get it wrong 
there is, you know, there is a right and a wrong. I always, I always compare it to um, things like film. You know, people are so, so um, conversant with the currency of film that whether you're a, a film director or whether you know nothing about the act of making film, um, you can watch a film. And my mum will say, you know, oh, I didn't like the start of that film. It was a bit boring, but the middle was really exciting. And then the, the end, oh my God, I loved the end. Um, and then I can bring someone like my mum, perhaps, or when, certainly in, in my early days as a musician, to, to a Marla symphony. Um, and there is a reticence there because she says, oh, well, I don't know anything about Mahler, and I don't know anything about music, and I don't know anything about um, that. And, and, you know, like I say, you, you don't know anything about making films either. You are just more comfortable with the currency and more comfortable to, to have your own reaction to it. So I think it's up to us as musicians to, to gain people's trust, to, to, to bring them in, to give them access, like Charlotte says, whether that be through the church organ, whether that be through singing, whether that be through bringing them into concerts and open rehearsals and stuff. But to say, you know, come and meet us. We've got a hell of a, we've got a hell of a thing here. So come and meet us. Come and get familiar with it. Um, and it's okay to have mm. your reactions to it. And, and, and more opportunities to do precisely that, Charlotte. When you, you, you're off to Wembley Park um, with a new, a new HQ, um, what's that going to allow you to do? Well, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to get to know um, the local community there. Um, and I think they've got lots of exciting projects lined up. Um, and it's just in this current climate finding a way to make them happen um but i know there are lots of projects in the pipeline um to to, to exactly as ben says to reach out and mm. speak to as many people as we can with our music and i think make it very clear that um the music that we are playing and sending out into the world isn't just to be heard um in a smart concert hall um having bought an expensive ticket that that really is not what you know that, that's that's not what we're doing we're we're there to find everybody we can last observation from you then ben on because i think to pick up on what charlotte's just said i mean it's always struck me that every time i've spoken with with you guys with with the rpa more generally that the sense of being a community asset being something which is not out of reach not exclusive, not elitist. That, that, is, that feels like a, a very genuine, heartfelt part of what you're about. It absolutely is. I, I hate the idea that, that, that classical music sits in the temple and the people must come and genuflect. It, that, that, that's not what it should be. That's not what it is. As I say, this music exists throughout our lives and, and, and it, it has existed within our culture for, for, for so many years. Um, and so, so to, to um, think that we, we sit in this, this stuffy place and, and the people shall come nonsense nonsense we have to go out there and and um, and and bring our music and as i say offer our hand and 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 invite people in and introduce them to to this incredible thing that we do well that's it that's the grand finale and all we have time uh, for on this edition of, of change makers you can download this episode and go to the page where more of ben and charlotte's uh, ideas inspirations um are are part of this episode if you want to know why charlotte never says Never say no to a cup of tea. That's her, that's her advice, I think, in terms of um, one of life's inspirations. And also, reading lists and music, um, where I think that you'll find an, a brilliant selection of, um, of, of inspirations there. So my thanks to you, Ben and Charlotte, for providing some of that rhythm to life at a time that sometimes feels a little bit out of tune right now. And I think a final word um, inspired there by Ben's choice for achieving a life in harmony the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom 
to know the difference. Join me next time on Changemakers.